Oh, to hello. Is, is that, that embarrassing? embarrassing? Oh, my goodness. A hilarious, unfiltered public airing of secrets and private thoughts hosted by your two favorite Brooklyn-based gals. I'm your host, Stephanie Andrew. And I'm your... What am I? I'm your something. I'm I'm on this podcast, too, and I'm Sammy. <laughs> hello. We're having a weird fucking day. It's such a weird day. We're not even going to tell you everything that has happened in the past hour. Um, but it's been a lot. So just some housekeeping um, right out the gates. Follow us on Is That Embarrassing? At is I fucked it up the first time. I fucked it up this time. Follow us at, not on, at. Follow us at Is That Embarrassing? And please send us all of your messages funny thoughts if you want to say hello if you have any concerns or questions no concerns you should not be concerned don't be concerned i don't have time for you keep it to yourself live your life let us have our fun but Um, for real send us all things that is that embarrassing at gmail.com we have that made just for you yes we are officially on spotify itunes soundcloud luminary luminary Um, if you're listening on spotify or i'm sorry if you're listening on itunes please be a gem go rate review subscribe these things matter to us um my instagram handle is seeker and salt she's not gonna spell it for you again i've done it she once. did it once i will tag myself i don't know go ahead what's you can yours tag yourself i'm gonna tag myself too mine is the sammy kramer k-r-a-m-e-r like seinfeld yeah so if you follow us or if you like us follow us validation is key to everything I'm just also <laughs> i mean yeah my sister's also mad that I started saying like Seinfeld because she thinks she made that up. I made that up. I give you credit, Missy. Thank you. What? (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. This got awkward. (laughs) What a bitch. (laughs) Where do we go from here? The podcast is dead. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we've had such a weird day. It's been so fucking weird. Like the weather's weird. Like I think it was sunny this morning and then it just started pouring and then I just started feeling weird. Like... I feel like I'm going to have some weird... I got screamed at all day. Mercury's in retrograde. I don't even believe in fucking astrology, but all day I just kept... Every time I would hang up the phone after being screamed at and cussed at by customers, I'd just be like, oh, Mercury. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't. I just felt really bloated all day. Like, I was wearing these jeans that, like, usually make me feel really damn good. And my tummy just felt super bloated. And I was wondering... Yeah. But I felt like, you know, those days where like you think you dress good in the morning, dress good. I I, I done dress good. (laughs) You done. (laughs) But I just felt like absolute duty. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. um, My skin is has been like doing this weird thing and it's finally clearing up because our weather is better, which makes me depressed because like global warming like it's like the weather is finally nice but i can't enjoy it because our planet's dying but also like i've always wanted weather like california and florida but that sounds selfish of me now because of global warming it sucks yeah it's very like we're kind of evil for saying something like that but like are we not to enjoy the weather i've never had i have not had to wear my winter coat like you don't wear jackets i never wear jackets i'm from michigan we are you know built for tough i have like 25 jackets it's insane but i haven't even gotten to wear my ski jacket this year it's absolutely absurd i've owned one jacket in the past 12 years i bought a like stupid expensive winter coat a couple of years ago 
with returned wedding gifts. So all this to say, my skin has literally been, I never break out, um, which people are going to hate me, but like up until recently, I've washed my face with Dawn dish soap. No, you have not. Yeah, I swear. I'm a heathen. And so like, not always Dawn dish soap, but like most of the time I just don't wash my face. What did you use? Like Dove bar soap too? You did. Guys, she's looking at me like she did. (laughs) Oh my God. Don't ever look in my shower. You will judge me. Oh, my um, God. I don't no. think I'm going to. Is that why you keep that pretty curtain closed? <laughs> yeah, so it's always closed. Oh, my no, God. No, but I mean, this is, I mean, I, I'm genuinely a person who is very fortunate. Today, I was picking up Penny from daycare, and the girl was like, your skin is always so perfect, by the way. I like oh. had to say, I was, was like, she wow. trying to take you out? <laughs> Something. But I, it was the first time that I couldn't be like, thanks, it's Dawn Dish Soap, because um, we actually have a sponsor who is hooked yeah, us we up. Do. So Ivy Skincare was inspired by a Green Beauty Boutique owner who felt like something was missing. She was right. Um, in the skincare market. And what was missing was a luxury brand without a luxury price. As a hardworking millennial, business owner, and mother, she could not afford a $200 vitamin C serum. Who can? So she took matters into her own hands and created a serum with all of the benefits at a fraction of the price. Ivy Skincare Serum is made with all natural ingredients and it's formulated to be compatible with every skin type. Um, and I haven't mentioned the smell, but I've I've used a lot of products in the past um, when I was trying to take care of my skin that have left me smelling like chemicals or just off-putting in general um, due to the Ivy Skincare Serum's ingredients. Um, my face smells like summer. I like what summer smells I like. I smell like summer in the middle of winter. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I have to say, this is something I'm very passionate about. My favorite, absolute favorite thing about this line is that it's cruelty-free and vegan because we can all agree that testing on animals is garbage. Yeah, it is. Um, so definitely, we're going to drop some um, stuff on our story after this episode launches um where you can you know follow ivy skincare on instagram um also they retail exclusively online at vocity.com and our listeners can get a 15 percent off a discount using the code secrets with an s 15 whoa yeah so i can't recommend this enough um you heard it here I heard it from the lady at my dog's daycare. My skin's glowing. It really is, you guys. It's radiant. You should see it. You should see it. So I go, see it. So go on over. Um, they also have this like face roller thing. Like um, a jade roller? I think it's similar. I haven't, I, I'm not going to lie. Like I haven't really looked into it that much. Their specific one, but I am going to just dive in and buy it because Please do. I've been wanting to buy a jade roller and I stand behind, um, I mean, I stand behind Ivy Skin Care and their products so much that I am just going to buy whatever they have in. I know it'll work. So wow, you're a brand loyalist, and I love you for that. I'm loyal all the time to everyone that I love. You're like a little pup. I am a puppy. I know. I am a puppy. Yeah. Um. So how was your week? How are you doing? You know what? Today was shit. We've Today agreed. Today was really, but like I, I'm not having a bad time at work. I really love my new job. I'm having a great time That's there. Good. Um, my I'm, colleagues are really intelligent and amazing I love people. my colleagues too. That yeah. makes a difference. Like even on my worst days, today being one of them, I like leave and I'm like, but I love who I work with and I can't imagine not having that yeah. group. And I haven't been stressed there, thank goodness. 
but I'm, yeah, I've just, I feel like little things are getting to me and maybe Mercury. it's the change of the season. Mercury, my body like knows when I'm so about to start bleeding from my vagina. So Ugh. like, that's probably it. Um, not to get too graphic. Sorry, man. Uh, it's a they need to happens. know too they no, really they need to know. not be just, grossed out yeah fucking be just be a human it's a thing yeah. that happens um i had a you know as we said it's been weird um but i had a kind of rough day and it's so do you follow like things on twitter a lot sometimes yeah so there's this is it a viral uh, moment? I love a good I mean, viral kind moment. Of. Um, in this week's news, <laughs> there's a YouTuber turned boxer who goes, I guess his name is, he goes by, the, gonna name, say he goes by he the name. He goes by the name of Jake Paul, but actually that's just his fucking birth given name. Wait, I've heard like bad things about him. Is he? Did he do something good? No. <laughs> oh, okay. He okay. recently tweeted that anxiety is self-created, which is the most asinine thing I've ever heard. Did he mean it, you think? Yeah, he meant it. Oh, great. Okay. Because he he actually, um, I didn't follow it too much because I, it was making me livid, but he actually deleted the tweet after a ton of backlash, which was totally reasonable. That's um, cowardly, he, actually. Well, he, he, no, it wasn't reasonable that he deleted the tweet. It was reasonable that there was backlash. Yes. Cowardly yes. that he deleted the tweet. However, he did separately tweet acknowledging, you know, um, that he had tweeted something fucked up, but not apo- it was like a you know very insincere not apology. It was probably like his PR person. Yeah, was it was like, like oh you have to you write have this. to write no it was it was like you have to write something and he's like fine I'll write something acknowledging what I posted but I'm not going to apologize for Ew, it. Ew, what and a again loser. this is just I don't, I don't really recall what the second tweet was saying so don't come at me if and you know what it's it doesn't a matter out of context. The bottom line is that anxiety is not self created and. I had a panic attack for the first time um, in a while today. Yeah. And so um, that for me, I my therapist one time um, after I had a panic attack, she explained it to me in a great way, which was that having a panic attack um, at times on a cellular level, it's been proven that it can take as much energy out of you as running a half marathon. That is so correct yeah and so and that's that's kind of how I feel I feel like I ran a fucking half marathon um my well, I've been through it today your skin looks great considering <laughs> but my skin looks phenomenal <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> phenomenal it's really interesting that you should mention I'm going this. from the sweat caused by my anxiety don't be fooled <laughs> oh man it's really interesting that you should that this should happen today because yeah. Steph is the only other person that knows that we're going to dive into something that it's your secret. That's it's not a not secret. It's not a secret because many of you who know me, because let's be real, like our friends and family are definitely listening to this, and oh, there are yeah, like they biggest love us. fans. We love you. We love you guys. Um, yeah, everybody that's listening on our family friend side knows that I recently got diagnosed with anxiety and depression and it's something that I'm definitely ready to talk to you guys about I'm a little nervous so I'm probably gonna word vomit a ton okay I'm really excited for this also I just want to shout out my mom right now because she just texted me mommy loves you (laughs) 
Oh, mom. She texts me every morning and she's like, I love you and Penny so much. Smush her face and kiss her for me. And I'm just oh, like. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, Mom, if you're listening, I miss you so much and I love you. Oh, my God. What yeah, sweet lady. sorry. I got distracted and now I'm all yours. You know what? That's the best distraction ever because I yours. don't know where I would be without my family and friends supporting me through this time. Yeah. And there's and I'm been ex- so much healing. Yeah. So as much stuff. someone who um, I was diagnosed with anxiety in like 2010. And so I have a lot of questions because I say this all of the time, but anxiety is not a one size fits all. And so I have found, you know, that in my close friend circle, a lot of my friends have anxiety, but it takes different shapes and forms and how I deal with my anxiety is different than how my friends deal with it. So I think I want to learn what does having anxiety mean to you? How did what like triggered you to think that something wasn't right? Like what made you seek, um, you know, further validation of this diagnosis? I don't know. We're no, I'm, that's we're great. Vomiting. Those are also so many questions at and once. Also, so what we're like, gonna do is attack those one question yeah, at a time, and we're gonna get it. to all of them. And I want to start at the beginning, yeah. but I, the, from the first thing that you said there, I. You said that anxiety is not a one-size-fits-all model, which is totally, totally true. And it is getting me thinking back to a few days ago when I was talking to one of my new friends about this because she and I have recently – our relationship is kind of like built on us being open about our anxiety and talking about it together. So that's been really cool, and she's a really cool new person in my life. But we started talking a few days ago – And she asked me what my panic attacks are like. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? And she's like, yeah, I've been told that everyone's panic attack is a little different. And everyone has a different experience. And I had no idea. And she feels like she's going to (laughs) vomit. And then a lot of people, a very common one is it feels like you're having a heart attack. Mm -hmm. The first time I ever had a panic attack, I was getting my hair dyed and yeah right before spring break senior year and I was going to meet I was going to spend Easter with my um my ex-boyfriend's family and I like wasn't eating enough it was spring break you know we all know my episode and so I thought maybe my blood sugar was low so I called my mom and I had her bring me like a burrito and I couldn't I couldn't even eat it and it ended up being so my body was like shaking oh, and it was so bad that um they called 911 and I went to the hospital because I literally did think that I was 18 years old having a heart attack um and I they hooked me up to a million monitors and then like two more panic attacks in the doctor was like sweetie are you stressed I'm like it's fucking SAT season I'm applying to colleges I'm dating a guy seven years older than me that my family hates I'm going on tour yeah I'm fucking stressed like I graduate <laughs> next month what do you think what do you think oh my and goodness she's like, you're having panic attacks and I'm like I'm no this is a heart attack for sure give me a better doctor but yeah wow. that's how yeah. so and I feel like I'm having a heart attack and I usually pass out yikes yeah um also interesting tidbit here my friend that 
brought this to my attention. She was her first panic attack. She was also sitting in her hairstylist chair. It's horrible. The the paramedic <laughs> the paramedic showed up and I'm like, you guys gotta let her rinse my hair or else I'm gonna be bald for spring break. Oh my <laughs> it was God. like you literally Yeah, just give us two minutes. Whatever's happening has to wait. But you can't make that shit up. Is it because you were, were both like about to change something about your appearance and it was like triggered by change I mean I know that our change and anxiety are totally related right and I feel like transition in general is really hard with us being adults I don't like to say that I'm an adult I feel like a big kid and like Brian and I love to sit on the couch on Saturday mornings and watch like reruns of the fairly odd parents but it's just weird that our bodies are always changing and our minds and yeah, and so like, like I take different perspectives now than I used to take. Like I side with my parents on things. Yeah, which, which is I, just like it's crazy. bizarre. So that was kind of how my anxiety revealed itself. But when was the first time that you really like realized that something wasn't right? I always knew when I was a kid, and my parents were like, "Oh, you probably have ADD," and they like had me tested by the school every year, and the school people were always like no she doesn't have it she's really smart and they would just Which like brush doesn't it off. mean that you don't it was have because ADD. no but it was also because we figured this out after my parents like shelled out the big bucks for the private testing at the university lab or wherever they took me out east but the schools if they diagnose a certain amount of kids with a learning disability the school has to take like a certain amount of funding out of their budget to compensate the teachers in the special ed department so wow. it was a, an additional cost for this union free school district that I went to elementary middle and high school in so they were being cheapskates because they're uh, like oh the smart girl can deal with it she'll be fine yeah I was I, not fine no you're not I was I think that my mom probably was told by like teachers and doctors when I was younger I don't know mom if you're listening don't be mad I could be wrong but I'm pretty sure that like there were indications that when I was a kid that I had ADD. I wasn't diagnosed, however, till I was probably like 21, I would say, 22. Oh, yeah, that's late. I was in 10th grade when the diagnosis came in. And up until then, they were all like, oh, no, the Jewish girl just has anxiety. That's in her DNA. Like, it's, that's normal. <laughs> that's who you are. <laughs> you came out of the womb this way. <laughs> You're neurotic. Um, you have anxiety. You have all the, all the shtick. But... I it it was when I was diagnosed it was just um this whole new perspective for me because I started looking at things my whole life that just added up and made sense I was always really good I excelled in school which I think is why my mom partially was like she's fine I'm not gonna medicate her I don't this is not an issue um, but I was also the student who would sit in parent teacher conference and my mom would be like why you know, where are these 12 missing assignments? And they would be sitting completed, all correct answers in my locker. And she'd be like, you did the work. You did the work correctly. Why didn't you just turn it in? And I never had an answer. Yeah. And that's like one of the things that I like distinctly remember. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, it was the ADD. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, which I... Yeah, I take Adderall as a um, like agreed upon with my doctor as an, on a like as needed basis, mm-hmm. um, because I'm very type A and sometimes it does make me like OCD and a control freak. Um, so I really just take it on the days that I feel like I I am you know hyper fixated on something else or can't get, get control over things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 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 that's 
so that's kind of where it started. Yeah, that's where it started. And then I just remember also, like, I'll dive into this one rather quickly. I had a mix of panic attacks and just, like, fixating on things at a super young age. And I was telling my doctor that I would get really nervous in my math classes and just hear me out here. It's a, it's this is gonna sound super weird because I math still don't is have horrifying. A, math is I still can't do math. Like to this day, like Brian and I are out at a restaurant and like I'll be like, no, you just do the math, please. Yeah. Um, not that we don't we split checks anymore because that's <laughs> stupid. But when we did, I'm like, oh no, you do the math for me. No. And he's like, okay, you're never gonna learn how to do math, are you? But math really would freak me out, and my whole body would take over and I would get super tingle. Like my whole body would just start to tingle and feel numb. And there would be like, you're all going to think I'm schizophrenic, which is fine, but I'm not. Um, there would be this like voice in my head that would like yell at me. Mm-hmm. I don't know know how else to put it, but it was just like a for like an overpowering force that would just yell at me and tell me horrible things about myself disclaimer did not tell me to harm myself or anybody else um I went and told my pediatrician about this it was just really freaky and I would like start to cry at my desk and I didn't know what was happening and it Mm -hmm. happened a few times and it was just very out of body um and I felt like I was from the outside looking down at myself it was really strange I don't know how to describe this um But I told my pediatrician everything that I was experiencing, and she had my mother leave the room, and she asked me what kinds of drugs I was taking at 12 years old. Mm. And And she didn't mean prescriptions. She didn't. Wow. And so that's probably one of the reasons why I don't um, go to a therapist now, because I don't have a trust with a doctor. I don't trust doctors all the time, and that's really hard for me. And we talk, we'll talk about, I mean, I, anyone who watches our Instagram, like IGTV or has listened to my episode, I personally am an advocate for therapists, but I love this dynamic of, um, that we have because you're not against therapy, but it's not been the answer for you. It hasn't. And through that, I've found a lot of other coping mechanisms that have really helped like post my ADD diagnosis. Like the first thing I did in the morning, like I just became super hyper organized and super hyper organized, just hyper organized guys. And I would make my bed every day. And that was like the thing that I did. And I am a crazy person when it comes to organizing my life and Google Sheets. Like, you know how crazy I am with yeah, the Google Sheets. Yeah, we have a lot of Google Sheets for our podcast. That's why we work so well together. <laughs> I am a person who feels like if, um, and this goes more so back to like your house and things like that mm-hmm. and tight, keeping things tidy and organized. I feel like if my like physical surroundings are chaotic internally, Absolutely. I'm chaotic. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so, you know, there's nothing worse for me than waking up and having to dig through a pie, like a basket of laundry to find the clean clothes I'm going to wear that day. Yeah. Like I need to just keep my life. Suit. I need to know where everything is yeah. at all times. And that's just that's a little piece of it. But um, the other side of it is I realized when I became depressed, I needed a little bit more structure in my life. And um, yeah, that was also a process for me. And I didn't really know 
where to start with it. Um, when did you um, realize that like you that your anxiety was also um, contributing to like depression that you were depressed as well? I think that that came post wedding actually. So I I have a lot of friends who actually experience depression post-wedding, which is ironic because that's like the happiest day of your yeah. life. But I think that maybe it, part of it is that we don't really mentally prepare for the fact that we spend so much of our lives as women, you know, so excited for Oh, yeah, this ready moment. for that big day. And then we get engaged and it's like everything is coming to life. We're getting to live this experience we've dreamed of and we lose sight of the fact that what happens after is that our life goes right back to normal but with this person that we love so I think it's more common than you would think yeah and it was mostly because I was not working on a project anymore and I always have to have a project I have to be doing something whether it's like helping my friend build their website (laughs) or like whatever how did I needed. Brian handle it? So he was super supportive. Like there were mornings that we would wake up. I'd like slowly wake up. We'd have our coffee together and then I'd just go right back to bed. Yeah. And I'd like sit and cry a lot of the time and he would come in and he'd realize that I was no longer with him as he was like sitting in the living room scrolling through his phone. He's like, oh wait, it's been 20 minutes and Sammy's not here anymore. My depression definitely takes form in exhaustion and oversleeping. Yeah. So I was doing that and I also just like, I didn't know why this was happening. I was just, I couldn't really describe it. I couldn't articulate it. And he would just come in and sit with me, ask me questions about my feelings. They weren't weird questions. He would just be like, just talk he to me when to you're understand. ready. Yeah. yeah, and he was really, really good like that. And I I love him more than anything. You guys know that by now. But he was just so understanding and was willing to talk to me. And he was knew I didn't want to Was it easy for you to talk to him about it? Not at first, but then I realized I'm like, he is my partner who knows me better than anybody else in this world. Sorry, Mom. You know me too. <laughs> and, um mm-hmm. He really got it, and he was able to, like, use his mom's awesome social worker skills to kind of get it out of you. Get it out of me. Yeah. And he was just super unbiased. He let me, like, unlock some things from my past and uh, past relationships, and he just sat there and listened. I imagine that career relationship, too. It really did. Yeah. One of um, my friends that I've been hanging out with lately, he and I have, like, a real sense of transparency. And I, he, he's like a newer friend of mine, but I feel like I've known him for 20 years because yeah. of that, because That's it's cool. this person that I can trust and be like, I jokingly am like, you know, if I like tell you about my like parents, that's third base, you know? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I imagine I've experienced that like on a, on a friendship level. I can imagine on a romantic level, it really, um, opens a lot of doors for you guys. Yeah, it was really amazing and that coupled with my anxiety he's always been really supportive of that too like I have um I used to freak out before we would go and see friends that I actually really love and really wanted to spend time with but I'd get to the train platform with him like I'd be dressed like I'd change my outfit like 500 times as every woman does yeah but I'd get to the train platform and just like not 
feel right. And I'd be like, you know what, Brian, I am going home and I'm not seeing these friends that we like truly love and care about and have been waiting for weeks to see. Like, I can't do this. I don't know. Like, And it's people that we trust and I love, but I just don't want to be in a social situation. And I just didn't want to be with anyone. I have a question. So did you ever force yourself to be in that situation? Because I find I do think I have a little bit of social anxiety, but what I find is like, so to prepare and like actually go is the hard part but then when I get places and I get surrounded by people I feel better and I end up enjoying myself but I like build up scenarios in my mind that like prevent me from getting there a hundred percent but then I get home and I'm just emotionally exhausted because I feel like I'm putting on I feel like I'm putting on a character which has been a lifelong struggle Um, and I feel like you really see this truth when you're with me because I feel like I'm not playing a character when I'm with you which is really cool and no I've been thinking about us a lot and us just having this amazing outlet I can literally come over and cracks and socks (laughs) baby cracks and socks and and be like I think I'm gonna puke I need water so I can take medicine is this Adderall is this Zofran exactly do I have ginger like I'm just like 90% of the time I'm a hot fucking mess when I'm around you but we can't there is this like comfort yeah and we I think it's because we're so similar in so many ways but it's just like no I know exactly what you're feeling right now and I'm gonna let you feel that and can I make you soup yeah exactly Mm -hmm. oh love you I know I love you too (laughs) wow we're really we're getting into we're we're having a a romantic moment right now (laughs) I'm not crying I mean it is I have to say I have only had one really good friend since I've lived in New York and it's me (laughs) (laughs) I mean accurate um no I had one person that I was I was I had one person that I was really close with um, for, you know, a couple of months. And I don't think anything, like nothing really horrible happened where we had a falling out, but we did. And um, I I do feel like this is the first friendship I've had since living here that, um, like, is just like deep it runs deep like I feel like you're a person I trust while wow, we're really getting into a whole different thing but we have plenty of time so we're gonna do it um because I have a hard time like opening up to people and being um honest and not only being honest but trusting them like part of this podcast is I can talk about anything but I don't have to you know I don't know who's listening on like an individual basis and a personal level and so it doesn't matter what they think or like my level of trust with them because it's not relational if that makes sense that makes total sense like I was really freaking out about recording this episode because I'm getting into something that I haven't really talked about publicly yeah that's how I felt about mine too. yeah and I'm just I'm not thinking about all of the people that are listening and yeah. I'm just looking at you and I'm like oh everything's it's okay like a conversation yeah. yeah and that kind of gets me into the next thing that I wanted to talk about which is my performance anxiety and how I gave up something that I really really loved acting yeah, yeah. and it's all because I was I don't I don't even know what it was, but I was not able to do it. And it was so hard for me because it's something that I have lived and breathed for so long. Like, I know if you ask me any question about any Broadway musical, I could tell you the year it was written, who wrote the music, who wrote the lyrics, who 
if what how many Tony Awards it won, if it won Tony Awards at all. Is there a Broadway trivia out there? We're coming for you, I'm bitch. winning, baby. We're winning. Open bar, baby. What's the prize? <laughs> <laughs> I got you. But it was just really hard to deal with because that comes down to the trouble that I have had articulating my thoughts. And it started there where I'm so good at like typing out my feelings to people. Like if I have something to say on Slack or over email or in a text message, like I could be super articulate and clear about what I'm thinking and what I want to say. Whereas I'm in person and I'm like thinking about it for an extra second and my brain's moving so fast and I don't really like even right now, like I don't know what the hell's coming out of my mouth. That's a great point though, because, and you, you kind of connect that with your anxiety. I do. So I think there is a, well, the first thing is, imagine guys, I can relate. I've gone through (laughs) this. Um, I, but I think for me, it's always been, there's a sense of permanence with words. Yeah. And so I have exes who will like probably comment and be like, yep, that's true. I have exes who, um, have gotten genuinely frustrated because in the midst of an argument or whatever, I will shut, I would shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, and through therapy I've gotten better I've learned to communicate a little bit better but what I would do is I would shut down and they would be asking questions and they would be trying to fix whatever was going on but because I had so many thoughts flying around and I didn't know how to articulate them I just would sit there and stare at them which admittedly is like a weird thing for the other person involved I get it um But one of my exes, Luke, was probably the first guy I dated who was really great about it. And he identified what was happening and he would give me the space to separate and write out what I was thinking. And then it was always up to me if I wanted to like give that letter to him or if I wanted to just like keep it and then like have a conversation based off of it. And he knew, too, that I have a fear Um, we've talked about like our families and my family I come from a line of really a long line of really feisty strong-willed dominant badass women you don't say (laughs) you don't (laughs) say Um, but what part of that has looked like for me um, and, and it's no offense I obviously love my family more than anything in my life but what part of that has looked like is my because of our personalities and how strong they are Um, a lot of times my family will say things in the heat of a moment. Oh yeah. And then you can't take that back. Nope. And so I want to, and, and I know what things that I've said in the heat of a moment that have really impacted other people and vice versa. And I don't want my words to like hurt people. I want to be really intentional with Mm -hmm. them. Um, which is why I need that, that space to separate. That makes total sense. Cause I, I mean, my training is in live theater and live performance. So like, I still don't understand to this day why I was freaking out about saying somebody else's words and performing someone else's thoughts and feelings. But I would, my, my professors didn't understand it. My teachers in performing arts high school didn't get it. Like how I could be so bubbly and energetic and passionate and just like so into the work. But when it came time to getting up to perform in front of my class, I would freeze and I would not be able to showcase my true voice and everything that I love about this art form. I write comedy. It feels like, you know, every other minute of every day and I'm so passionate about it, but I still struggle to get on stage in New York 
and it's a similar thing. It's it really is like I the first few times I did comedy back in Michigan, I literally physically threw up. Like yeah, I threw up. There. They called my name. I went on stage and like did the thing. Um, and I struggled with like being a musician. Yeah. Same thing. It's really hard. I've gotten on stage and done the thing, but I personally I don't think that I've ever given a performance as good as the one that I've given in my bathroom. Yeah, absolutely. I don't mean pooping on the toilet. I mean like singing with the acoustics in the bathroom, just I mean, to clarify. that is the acoustics in the bathroom. That is where it's at. But I've never been able to show my voice in real life. Yeah. And that makes me really sad. But I connect it so much to my anxiety and how I was not able to fully articulate and breathe and be. Which I'm glad you're willing to share because as someone who is becoming closer to you and spends a lot of time with you, you do give off exactly what you were saying about your professors, like how they saw you. You're this bubbly person. And obviously everyone, you know, has their um, like self-consciousness about whatever. But you're this bubbly person who overall seems very confident. I've seen you dance in numerous bars to no music. You have? Uh, yeah, you did it the other night when we were out, you and Brian. And then I feel like you did it at Skylark, you, uh, or not Skylark, Commonwealth when we were doing photos. You grabbed popcorn, and on the way back, you were, like, shimmy. I was? Yeah. yeah. See, guys, I don't even know. And so as somebody who, you know, really portrays a sense of freedom in who they are, um, it's, I don't know, it's just I'm glad you're being open about it, and especially because it makes me step back and remember. It's just a, like, good reminder that, whoever you're looking at like you just never know you don't know what they're going home to you don't know what they're experiencing internally um and I think that's something that we we have to remind ourselves like it's oftentimes the happiest people that really struggle it's so true and I owe so much of me recognizing this that something was not totally right to my best friend's mom but just quick note about my actual best friend that I'm speaking of like I was really not able to truly sing and perform with him he's an incredible he's a world-class piano player and just musician extraordinaire and oh he also um made our intro music yes he did my in best like five friend, seconds I was he's like amazing. I was like um so here's my vision I I sent it to Sammy to send to him I was like I love this song secrets um it was the theme song for pretty little Liars. and I'm like oh my god Steph that's the theme song for pretty yes, little liars I, was like, oh, I love it I was it. like don't pretend that you don't know that I already know that because I loved that show <laughs> I was like but I love this I want it rocky but kind of jazzy and Sammy's like yeah kind of jazzy and then <laughs> we were like can you literally compose this make it your own also our own from complete scratch but I literally was I was texting him as we were having this conversation and by the time we were done having this conversation it was done he's like oh it's in your email I was like what the fuck he's amazing people are always like you're such a talented musician I was like wow this guy though you haven't even seen him do the things that he's everything to me but he has always been my biggest supporter next to my actual family and I was still never able, like I always had when we would sing in in his apartment, like I would always have um, a little bit of shakiness in the back of my voice and I wasn't able to like truly let go. But recently, post me going on some medication, like I'm able to finally, like he was here before he left for his um, job, recent job that he's on, 
we were just sitting in my second bedroom singing at the piano and I was able to actually let go and we just did it that's awesome and it felt I like felt free yeah that's awesome and I've never been able to like do that without worrying and thinking about what other people are gonna think of me and I was able to just do the art for myself so how did his mom come into play with like your oh yeah so she is one of my favorite women in the world like I'm very very close with her like we've taken um drives to see Josh together like Josh um works at the performing arts camp where we met and he's been um a counselor and teacher there for I don't want to probably close to 20 summers at this point Oh wow, Josh! If you're listening, you look so young. Not, he is not so old young. Enough to, I was like not old enough to work somewhere for. 20 oh no, years. it's not twenty summers. Then he's not. No, that's not possible. I can't do numbers. Say yeah, w- w- you're bad at math. I'm really bad at. We math. know this. Okay. Brian does the math in this relationship, but anyway, we his mom and I would take these drives to go and see him, and I've stayed in their house like alone, just with her, like before we would go and see him very close with this lady she knew that something was going on and we would just talk about feelings and she's like you should probably go see your like when you're ready like you don't have to have a reason to be sad just you need to maybe go and see a doctor just to rule some stuff out and make sure and I'm like well for you to be the one to tell me this it's probably serious and I should maybe just like rule some things out and go talk to my doctor who prescribes my ADD medicine for me and I'll see. Um, I'm at dinner with them. And the next morning, well, something did happen before that next morning, which I'll get to in just one second. But I did it. And if I didn't go to that doctor, like I would not be the person that I am today. Absolutely. And you were lucky to have someone who acknowledged that something was off and who like loved you enough to bring it to your attention. And um in a very like non-confrontational yeah defensive, she was really like, cool about it loving nature yeah you know? she just knew that I wasn't really feeling like myself and she said that my eyes looked a little different and it's, that I wasn't like that the sparkle was not there yeah and I I have to go back to you said um she mentioned you don't have to have a reason to be sad and I think that's so important because there are so many days that I wake up just like bummed out and I can't pinpoint a reason. Yes. And um, I've actually also experienced, um, I, my, my depression and anxiety for the most part has been really under control for a while. Um, that's not to say I don't struggle because like I do, it happens, um, especially when I have a lot of like external stressing factors in my life. Yeah. AKA right now. Um, but I something that I experienced was when I was trying to find the right birth control my depression was horrible and so that just is another thing where it was like hormone it was like based on my hormones and that's for women and men um and so like men really this is like totally off topic but like be patient if your girl is on birth control and she's acting a little out of the norm because I 
it, when I say it took me three years, I'm not exaggerating. It took me three years of going between going back and forth between different birth controls because it takes, you know, at least three months for the side effects to, you know, go away. And then it would be like month six and I would still have the side effects. And I was just a miserable person. Um, and also it is altering, you know, like your natural balance of like yeah. who you are. That's exactly what josh's mom said to me too she's like that was the thing that made everything click for me she was like you know what there's nothing wrong with you you're not going to be this way forever there's just something going on in your brain that's not there's just a chemical imbalance there yeah and there I actually had I kind of forgot that I um I kind of forgot about this but I had um read an article not too long ago that um discusses it was like a study um that came out of the University of Toronto where 24% um they found 24% higher odds of developing an anxiety disorder in people who ate less than three sources of fruit and vegetables daily um and you're saying I wasn't eating my fruit and veggies (laughs) I mean not to call you out it's Um, possible but the figure was boosted to a massive 70% in people who had um total body fat levels over 36% according to the researchers and again this just goes back to there's a a really significant um link between physical and mental health I think and that's not to say you have to be um you know fall within a certain BMI range or a certain pants size it doesn't fucking matter but I know for certain that when I you know get uber eats for a week straight and eat Doritos for lunch I feel like garbage yeah (laughs) um and and that's just those are the facts and so um so much of it is not even always external like stress and work and relationships so much of it is just what are we putting into our body like how are we treating our body what amount of sleep are we getting exactly yeah and that's why I've been so into mind body workouts Mm -hmm. recently like I haven't been spinning as much as I used to I've been really into Pilates and yoga which are more low impact and I've been moving with an intention Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense yeah and um I mean, I know that this is getting a little heavy here and I don't want to like throw myself a pity party being like, oh, I'm depressed. Oh, I have anxiety. This is how I live through it. So I really do want to tell a story that happened to me this that night when I had dinner with Josh and his mom and dad. I, this is very hard for me, guys. I was walking home not crying (laughs) I'm just really (laughs) contemplating whether or not I should tell this story dripping (laughs) off of her forehead (laughs) so I'm walking home I'm on the phone with my friend Lauren and I feel a little bit of a rumble in my stomach and I'm like oh I'm probably just a little gassy from that like huge dinner that I just had because I it was delicious and whatever and I just like how many of you have like farted in the street and like just kept walking? Not me. What? No, I'm just kidding. Crop dusting isn't that? Yeah, what they so call that's it? what I thought. I was thought I was just gonna like crop dust in the air. It's really good for the trees. I don't know about that. A teacher, my <laughs> fifth grade teacher, told me that it's good for the trees. So if you have to let one go, you should do it outside. Okay. I live by that until well, I don't anymore now that 
what happened happened. So Uh, how many of you can say that you were an adult and you were standing at a red light about to walk into your apartment building and when you thought you were farting, you weren't? (laughs) (laughs) What were you doing? Well, no, 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 no. Well, you know that scene in Bridesmaids where... Um, Maya Rudolph is trying on the wedding gown and yeah, she's I'm going, familiar. It, it's kind of like that. It's where you think that you fart and you shit. Yeah. You shit yourself. And so I shat myself as an adult and I'm in my favorite <laughs> Lululemon leggings that Brian did had gotten I me. Shit myself? I did as an adult. I was what, 27 years old and I didn't know what to do. I'm on the phone with Lauren. I abruptly hang up and I'm like, I, I gotta go. <laughs> And I hang up and I take my top off, actually, (laughs) in the street. Because I felt like I knew that it wasn't a fart because I like felt something liquidy go down my leg. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's happening. And it just happened. And I so I rip my shirt off and I'm wearing a sports bra underneath. And I just tie my shirt around my waist to make it look like I was out for a run. Okay, I sprint into my building. I'm like, how the fuck am I going to get past my doorman? Luckily, he's talking to someone, but I'm like, he's going to smell what's happening here. This is terrible. I run past him. I do not chance going into the elevator, the slowest elevator in America up to the seventh floor of this building that I was living in. So I run up seven flights of stairs. I bolt into my apartment. Brian's sitting there. I run into the bathroom, I close the door, and I'm like, honey, something really bad happened. (laughs) You told him? I told him. I jumped into the shower with my clothes on, and he came into the bathroom and helped me. Aww. I really hope that I'm not alone. I can't believe I just told you all this story. I'll tell you, I I have not shat myself. However, it is a fear of mine. And one of my best friends, Olivia, and I, sorry, Liv, if you, I feel like we've talked about this on our former podcast, Nasty Gals, but like, we have discussed this many times. Like, when is the day going to come? Because it will probably I come. I mean, I think I'm officially a nasty gal we, now. <laughs> you're really nasty. I know. Um, we have, both have, and this goes right back to what we were talking about, you know, a, a couple minutes ago, where, like, anxiety is not just, like, a mental thing. It is a physical thing. It takes a physical toll on you. Yeah. Um, so... The first time that I came to New York, I was coming here. I was visiting this dude that I'd been talking to for, you know, months and months and months. Um, We connected via Instagram, but we had not met. And um, I had a lot of anxiety surrounding the fact that I was coming to a major city alone. I was meeting this guy alone. The likelihood of me getting murdered was high. Oh, yeah. Um, And I was out with my uncle one day. And on the way home, I was on the train. And I got this. I got the feeling. And I was like, oh, no. Text. I was clenched. I was texting Olivia. I'm telling you this to know so that you know you're not alone. I was texting Olivia, who was in Germany. (laughs) And I was like... Like, this is the day I'm going to shit myself. And she's like, you can do this. You're not going to shit yourself. So I had, you know, only been in the city for maybe four days at this point. 
and I knew nothing about anything, but I knew that I had to get off of this train. And I also knew that a lot of public places in New York don't have public bathrooms. That's so correct. And so I got, I so fucking lucked out and I started, I just started running. Like I was drenched in sweat because I was, uh, I was like so close and I just started running and, you know, um, by the grace of somehow higher power, I saw a fucking bathroom. And of course, outside of it were, you know, seven very attractive New York police officers doing nothing. Um, and so I didn't even have any shame. I just ran past them for the bathroom and I made it. I didn't shit myself, but there was another thing about New York. There was no fucking toilet paper. Oh my God. No toilet paper. Now what did you do? So I peeked out of the stall to find a hand dryer and it was like a one stall, you know, bathroom. Oh no. So, um talk about victoria having a secret (laughs) i sacrificed a great pair of underwear that day and then i like went back to my airbnb and the dude was waiting for me i was like i just need five minutes (laughs) like i just need some (sighs) privacy because i just wiped my ass with underwear oh my god i have no underwear on right now like yeah Wow. So shit happens quite shit literally. Happens. <laughs> wow. Look what you did to make me feel better for telling that story. You must really love me. I do love you. But yeah, that's what living with anxiety is like. Yeah. <laughs> you shit yourself at 27. And you don't, the, we touched on this, I think a little bit, but someone said, we haven't done the IG, um, spill the tea series on this yet but someone did submit a secret along the lines of i wish that um mental people who suffer from like mental health issues were treated the same way as like people who suffer from cancer and physical you know physical illnesses and and it goes back to you you don't you know not everyone is out there shitting themselves okay (laughs) if they were we would be having an issue but there's not again you can't look at someone and know that these things are happening you may smell um yeah also not to like totally relate my anxiety to this accident that I had I just wanted to share a funny story to shed light on this topic that I was really nervous about talking about and I told you that I was going to word vomit whatever came into my head and so that's what I did but I think that there is some truth in that and we really don't know what everybody's story is and you can look at somebody and not know what they've been through like I love just sitting and talking with people sometimes like I'll be I remember over the summer I was taking Phyllis for a walk and I would sit in the dog park with her mm-hmm. and there would be like a strange lady sitting there and she'd strike up a convo with me and I learned her story mm-hmm. and how she never leaves her apartment and you don't know that people are going through shit yeah you you definitely don't know um so this is just uh, one good takeaway from this episode is to be fucking kind be kind be kind um be empathetic and know that sometimes if your friend seems like an asshole and is blowing you off they really may just be like suffering they may really just need to be alone and separated from things that's true and it doesn't mean that they don't love you and the time that I've taken with my friends since then and I've told them the truth and I'm like so this is what I was really going through that day that I told you I was going to come to the bar and I didn't 
like our relationship and our friendships have gotten so much stronger as a result of that because I was open about like not being the excited, bubbly, crazy person that I am in real life. Human. Yeah. You're human. And and this is normal. Yeah. And it felt really cathartic to come to terms with that and understand that this is a real thing that people go through. That's a hard thing. That takes a lot of courage. I I struggled a long time uh, really acknowledging and being honest with myself about the fact that so many things in my life were due to my anxiety and depression but I remember a lot of my friends will probably say that like they viewed me as flaky for a long time and then I reached a point where I was able to say hey today it sounds really good to commit to you know going bowling in two weeks but on that day I don't know how I'm gonna feel so I can't give you a definitive yes I want to. It sounds great. I love you. I want to see you. Um, but let's touch base closer too. Exactly. And I, I, there, I've like gained so much respect from friends. Um, and that's a way to do it without even having to disclose the reason if you don't choose to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's great that you were able to experience that and that they were receptive and understanding. Yeah, it's been really cool. And every day is a new adventure, as cliche and weird as that sounds. Like that's I'm really... True taking everything one day at a time but I really appreciate you all listening to my story here and I really want to hear from all of you so if you have a similar story or feel like sharing yours feel free to send me an email and Right we do to take my, the time. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, we do take the time to read all, all four of the emails we've received. But like, we receive a lot of Instagram messages. <laughs> I will say, um, but we the the emails that we have received have been lengthy and they've been deep and personal, and we take the time to like read them and discuss them and respond appropriately. Um, and we like love that. We value that yeah. opportunity that you guys are giving us. Yeah, and we totally want to hear what you want to hear on this podcast yeah so if there's something that's another reason we do this spill the tea is so that we get these ideas of things that people you know are struggling with and dealing with and then we can try to find um people in our lives that we know people in like the in the creative world around us um that we know who can shed a light on these topics based on their experience because we don't have experience in all of these issues no I barely have any life experience to be honest I'm just trying to survive. Same. Um, That's all we can do, right? Yeah, it's all we can do. So I appreciate you. I love you. I'm glad that you, I know that this was like, that you had anxiety about talking about anxiety. I had anxiety about anxiety, guys. Ah, Anxiety squared. (laughs) Um, So much of it. But guys, thank you. Um, I don't really know what else to say, but thank you. Love you all. Yeah, we love you. Uh, We'll be back next week. Yeah, yeah. Bye, Bye.